Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Welcome and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah and I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage and tonight we continue to discuss the story of Noah and the flood in our series called Back to the Beginning. If you would like to join in the conversation tonight or if you have questions or need somebody to pray with, please give us a call. Our studio phone number is 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, did you get caught in a torrential downpour yesterday afternoon, or was it just me? I was safe in my ark of home, (laughs) so I I didn't know. I just I my grass. I have to water it in the morning and in the evening during this time of year. It will die. Mm -hmm. So I looked outside, and it was a nice little rain for me. I was like, Oh, good! I don't have to water my grass. (laughs) Saved you some work. I got stuck in a Staples. I had walked to Staples. It was really sunny outside, and then. Literally within 10, 15 minutes, it got dark, and it was torrential where I was, and I couldn't leave for like another 45 minutes. Well, thank the Lord it wasn't a worldwide flood. It was just a local flood, right? Mm -hmm. Some flash flooding there locally in New York City. But tonight we're going to begin in in Genesis chapter 8, and as we begin Genesis chapter 8, water covers the entire earth. Mm. And at the end of chapter 8, Noah is in a new heaven and in a new earth, Mm. and God has remade the earth from what it was in the beginning of the creation. An amazing chapter, and so this evening we have two of the wonderful brothers of our church. Deacon Suresh is here, and Brother Emmanuel is here, and so we want to welcome you tonight. Back to our program, Emmanuel. I know you've been here a number of times. Thank you, Pastor. It's been good to be back. Okay, and Suresh as well. Thank you for coming on back tonight, giving your heart and time to this ministry. Amen, Pastor. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Okay, and we welcome our listeners to call us this evening. If we could pray with you, encourage you in any way. There's a lot of isolation and loneliness today. There's a lot of depression and a lot of confusion maybe in people's lives, if we can pray with you. We do have loving call screeners and prayer warriors here to just help bear your burden. So call us right now at 929-333-3739. And we also extend an invitation, right, Micah, to Mm -hmm. listeners who want to get back to church. Come on out, visit Heritage Baptist Church. Why don't you tell them? Where? Yeah, we had a few visitors this morning. It was great to see some faces that we didn't necessarily recognize, but we meet at a public school, PS3, in the West Village, Greenwich Village. It's near the One Train, the Christopher Street Station, and we are at 490 Hudson Street, and that is between Christopher and Grove. But if you have any questions, you can even give us a call tonight, and we'll give you very specific directions. We can text you, but we would love to see visitors. And know. if anyone lives in the in the land that is the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, New Jersey, <laughs> really, that's one of the easiest yeah. ways to get to where we meet at PS3. If they yeah. just take that path train, mm-hmm. boom, right to Christopher Street. They're a half a block yeah. from where we meet. So we'd love to have listeners visit with us 
and share with us as we preach the Word of God. I've been doing a series in Proverbs, and this coming Sunday I'm going to continue a series on how God can heal a broken heart, a wounded spirit. And that's so important as well in this time that we're living in. And we're looking at the book of Proverbs, which is an incredible psychology book, if you will, really dealing Mm -hmm. with the human spirit and the human soul. So visit with us, dear friends, please. Well, we're going to look tonight in Genesis chapter 8. As always, we love to read the passage, so we're going to read verses 1 through 22. And I'll start us in our reading tonight of Genesis chapter 8. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped, and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of the 150 days, the waters were abated. And the ark rested in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually until the 10th month. In the 10th month and on the first day of the month were the tops of the mountains seen. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. And he sent forth a raven, which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came came into him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And he said yet another seven days, and sent for the dove, which returned not again unto him any more. And it came to pass in the six hundred and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from off the face of the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the seventh and twentieth day of the month, was the earth dry. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou, thy wife, and thy sons, and thy son's wife, with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee, of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth that they may breed abundantly in the earth, and be fruitful, and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth, and his sons, and his wife, and his son's wife with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth, after their kinds, went forth out of the ark. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast, and of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savour, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every thing living, as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you 
again, Lord, for this wonderful story of Noah. It brings us so much joy to think about how you bless Noah and his family. And into the future, Lord, you have blessed us through this salvation of Noah, Lord. So we just pray that you bless our conversation tonight um, and bless the listeners who will be listening and tuning in. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so I love Warren Wiersbe, what he says about this chapter. He calls it God's mop-up operation. As the waters cover the earth, as we begin Genesis chapter 8, but this chapter shows us how the waters receded and then dry land appeared, foliage grew, and Noah and his family once again inhabited the earth. But it was literally a new heaven mm. and a new earth. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's yeah. what Second Peter chapter 3, and that's why we thank God for the whole Bible, right? Yeah. Yeah. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 5 says, For this they are will- willingly ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Mm-hmm. So that first creation world that God had made literally perished. Mm-hmm. And then he says, But the heavens and the earth, which are now. Mm-hmm. So it was a new heaven and the earth, and that's the heaven and the earth that we're actually living in, the mm-hmm. same system as things have been uniformly mm-hmm. continuing from the days of Noah mm-hmm. until now. And so Noah enters into a new heaven and the earth, new earth. So let's talk about that tonight as God's mop-up operation from the flood brings about a new heaven and a new earth for Noah and for us. But Micah, before we get into the beginning parts of this chapter, mm-hmm. verse 22 really did interest me yeah and so i don't want to cut ourselves short so i want to kind of start at the end verse 22 and we'll go back to the beginning here yeah but in verse 22 it reminds me of something percolating Mm -hmm. in the news today happening in the netherlands Mm -hmm. happening in sri lanka protests and even coups Mm -hmm. governments are falling Mm -hmm. because genesis chapter 8 Verse 22 mm. is being denied yeah. for the sake of, for this, for, in the name of so called science. Yeah. And it's all about climate change yeah. amongst the globalist world rulers today mm-hmm. that is causing a lot of these protests yeah. and definitely this coup that occurred. So tell us about how Genesis 8:22 relates to what's happening there. Yeah, well, just in the last week and a half, I would say Dutch farmers have begun to revolt against their government because in the Netherlands, it's the first European country to really begin enacting the United Nations 2030 agenda, which focuses on slowing supposed climate change. And the country has agreed to cut their emissions output. And instead of going after cars and planes, which is what you maybe would expect, the government is going after the farmers first. And it's important to note that in the Netherlands, it's the largest meat exporter in Europe and the second largest agriculture exporter in the world. And yet the farmers are being told to reduce their livestock. I'm sorry to interrupt, but they're putting their false ideology of climate change before people eating food. Yeah, people needing to eat food. (laughs) Okay, that's their priority. Yeah, so the farmers are saying, you know, get rid of your cows. And they're also being told that the government is literally going to take over about 30% of their land. But, you know, emergency climate actions, they're all a complete denial of Genesis 8:22, which reads, While the earth remaineth, yeah. seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night, 
shall not cease. So God tells us in his word in multiple passages that it's not going to be humans that destroy the earth, but he will do it when, in his timing, he is ready to create a new heaven and a new earth. So humans can't take away that job from God. And I just saw a list this morning going back to 1966, and it listed all the predictions that the officials have made from acid rain killing the fish to an ice age by the year 2000 to sea levels rising and wiping out entire countries by 2013. And none of those things ever come to pass, and none of them are ever going to until God is ready. That's exactly right, Micah. The climate change ideology is a conspiracy of globalist politicians that want to control the common man Mm -hmm. while they jet around in their private jets and drive their SUVs doing the very thing that they're telling us not to do. Mm-hmm. This, these people are, they're actually at war mm-hmm. against humanity mm-hmm. and the common man. Mm-hmm. I even saw one news report of a taxi driver in Sri Lanka who couldn't get gasoline mm. to put in his taxi. Yeah. And he was panicked because that's how he provides for his family. Yeah. And what the climate change ideology does, and it's a deep set ideology that is really unbelief of Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, and the Word of God. It's a deep set ideology, and it's creating protests and a global crisis because God says in His Word, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, and I know you read the verse, but this is what it says. Summer and winter, mm. day and night, shall not cease. Mm-hmm. Now, that's what the Bible says. Yeah. And that's actually been true yeah. since the days of Noah till now. Yeah. We have summer, yeah. we have fall, we have winter, and yeah. we have spring. Yeah. And, people, and farmers plant their grain, mm-hmm. and they reap a harvest. Some years are better than others. Yeah. But this is the way it's gone since the days of Noah. Yeah. And just one, one, one quick thing, real fast, is... The uniformitarian geologists deny the flood, mm-hmm. and they say things have been going on uniformly from for billions of years, and yeah. that's how we have the canyons and the mountains and so forth. Mm-hmm. So they deny the catastrophe of the flood, mm-hmm. but now they're denying that since the days of Noah, things actually are running uniform, yeah. uniformly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. They're, they just don't want to believe the Bible. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Pastor, I'd like to, uh, this reminds me of Romans chapter 1, mm-hmm. wherein um, God says his wrath is revealed from heaven against people who suppress the truth. Yeah. So when you suppress the truth of who God is, yeah. it will lead you to places such as climate change ideology mm-hmm. and yeah. supposedly intellectual people mm-hmm. denying basic facts basic and facts, truths yeah. which can be observed and verified. Yeah. They reject that and they would rather believe something which is so inc- uh, it is so difficult to believe that yeah. the whole world will end in 20 years. Yeah. Well, that, like Micah <laughs> yeah. mentioned, those headlines were there in 19. No, AOC said yeah. how many yeah. years ago it was going to end in 12 years. I think yeah. we're down to like nine years yeah. now. Yeah. You know? 
Well, the amazing thing to me is they keep vacillating between, oh, it's going to be an ice age. Oh, no, it's global warming. It's like, you know, Al Gore predicted that, you know, Manhattan was going to be underwater by 2014. It's like, how many times do they have to be wrong before you just say, you know what? We're not listening to you anymore. You've been wrong so many times. And, but, but this I really is their religion. It's a religion. I think that's exactly it. it. Yeah. I think it's a religion. It, mm-hmm. it is their religion because yeah. they they have... A, a belief in their origins, mm-hmm. which is evolution, mm-hmm. and now they have a belief in in the apocalypse. In other words, how the earth is going to be destroyed, mm-hmm. and it's going to be because we are using the resources that God put here. So they're wrong on how we got here in our origins, and they're wrong in how the earth is going to end. Yeah. <laughs> it's be- and Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and He created us, and He's going to come back in His time, in His way, and man isn't going to thwart mm-hmm. His plan. Yes, Pastor. And uh, I just have a personal example of how God created this world and how awesome it is. I don't think man can destroy this world. Mm. It's created by God and it's mm. got some amazing recovery powers. Uh, when when COVID hit and uh, the pandemic started yeah. in 2020 or whenever it did, I was speaking to my dad in India. Uh-huh. And after about six weeks of the lockdown when there was no one going out of the house, yeah. what he told me is, birds which weren't seen in that city for the last 10 or 20 years yeah. which disappeared because of the pollution, pollution. and everything yeah. they were all back in the city <laughs> yeah and it was i just they survived they survived and they recovered so this is god's creation yeah. man it cannot uh, just up that's, and destroy it yeah that's that's amazing that's uh, that's beautiful well dear friends if you want to come into this conversation give us a call right now at 929 333 3739 and we're talking about this because it's important that mm-hmm. we courageously stand on the word of God yeah. that we are not intimidated by the the globalists the unbelievers the evolutionists the atheists the secularists of our society mm-hmm. who deny the bible and and tell us that we're going against science first of all we're not going against science mm-hmm. and we're definitely not going to go against the bible mm-hmm. they're going actually against both in holding on to evolution and climate change ideology dear mm-hmm. friends mm-hmm. and so if you want to call us give us a comment or if you want to just maybe you you need courage to stand with your fr- to your family and to your friends and in your community or your school where you go to give us a call at 929-333-3739 we need to be courageous today so let's let's go back to verse 1 now <laughs> and this is really we'll just talk about for a moment where it says that the chapter begins so beautifully and God remembered Noah and all the living things in the ark so does that mean God forgot them? <laughs> While they were in the ark, he's like, oh, I, I forgot you were there. No, oh, I remember. Oh, now I remember. It's like you put something down. It's like, where did I put that? You know, oh, I remember where I put it. No, it's not because God forgot them. What does it mean that God remembered Noah? Suresh? Well, Pastor, I could say this. God is a God of all mercy, mm. and he changed not. Amen. So God cannot forget. While God, he focuses his attention on Noah again. Yes, yeah. An act of God's grace. And we could see here, while the whole uh, race of human mankind, except Noah and his family, was now extinguished mm. and driven into the, the land of forgetfulness mm. to, be remember, to be remembered no more, mm-hmm. God remembering Noah was returned to him 
again mm-hmm. as an act of his kindness and his mercy towards Noah and his family. Yeah, that God remembered Noah means he still had a plan for Noah, whereas all the people who perished in the flood, they were perished, and he had no plan for mm-hmm. them. Manuel? Yes. Um, yeah, it, when God remembered, it doesn't mean that he forgot. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 49, between 14 and 16, uh, the Bible says, Can a mother mm. forget a baby at her breast and have mm. no compassion mm. uh, on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. Amen. This is our God. So, no, he doesn't forget. But when we say God remembered, his remembrance is a remembrance of action. In the same way, God's love is a love of action shown on the cross. He died for us. Mm. So, when it says God remembered, that is when his plan mm. to get Noah out of the ark was set in motion. Right, Absolutely. Very well said. Don't we all sometimes feel like, God, do you see what I'm going through? Mm. Have you forgotten me? Mm-hmm. All of us sometimes mm-hmm. feel that way, mm-hmm. as if maybe God doesn't really know what I'm going through. But dear friends, God hasn't forgotten you, and he will remember you in the sense that he will begin that work to bring you out of where you are, bring you out of that ark, and put you into the world that he has for you. And if, again, if you want us to pray with you that God would remember you, and work on your behalf. Give us a call. Maybe you need God to do something special in remembering you to work on your behalf. Give us a call right now, 929-333-3739. 929-333-3739. So God remembered many people in the Scripture, right, and throughout the Old Testament. So what are some other examples of God remembering people or things in the Old Testament. Mike? Yeah, well, Pastor, I'm always inspired by how God remembers the barren women in the Bible, particularly the mothers of the patriarchs. So Genesis 30, 22 says, And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. Now, let's remember that God also remembered Isaac's mother, Sarah, and Jacob's mother, Rebekah. And the truth is, God had never forgotten any of these women. He simply uses their barrenness to glorify himself when they do eventually give birth. And each one of these women was put in a position where her only option was to faithfully trust in the Lord, similar to our friend Noah. Yeah, absolutely. Emmanuel, what's another example of God remembering someone in the Bible? Oh, uh, for me, it is Samson. So uh, Samson was the judge of Israel, but he didn't make the best choices in life. <laughs> yeah. uh, Delilah had yeah. set him up three times already, and he oh. still did not get the hint. No. Uh, as the Bible <laughs> he was sick. He was sick. I mean, as the Bible says, with such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death. Yeah. So even after making such foolish choices and being in the prison, when, when Samson mm. cried out to God with an earnest heart, God remembered him. Yeah. He answered his prayer. He was blind and he was bound and he was grinding there. And then God God remembered Samson. So, Rush, what's an example of God remembering? God remember Abraham. I could uh, say how God <coughs> noticed and show his mercy towards Abraham and his mercy extended to Lot. That's Abraham's nephew and his family. Mm-hmm. Because Abraham pleaded for Lot. Yeah. God was merciful and save Lot from the fairy furnace of death engulfed with, with, um, with Sodom. Mm-hmm. A righteous person can often pray for others for good. And James 5.16 says it clearly, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Mm-hmm. So we could take that example from Abraham as we mm-hmm. prayed for, for yeah. Lot, and yeah. we could 
pray for others to be saved. Amen. We're not forgetting that right. of salvation to be saved. Yeah. And a lot of people think, I don't know how to pray. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say when I pray. Well, here's a good prayer that Hannah prayed when she had a specific need and she was also barren, mm-hmm. asking God to give her a son. She said to the Lord, remember me and do not forget thine handmaid mm. and give me a man child then I will give him back unto the Lord all the days of his life. So this is actually a beautiful prayer. If you need God to work specifically on your behalf, mm. just go to God in prayer and say, God, do not forget me. Remember me and do this for me. And specifically state what your request and desire of your soul is boldly before the throne of grace. And that's a beautiful prayer. So we have a caller tonight, and Cynthia is on the line. And thank you so much for calling, Cynthia. And you're on the Heritage of Faith Conversations. Yes, good night, um, Pastor and everyone. I I just wanted to call just to tell you guys how you are really so inspirational. And I look forward to always listening to you guys. It's always a word of encouragement. It's always a word to just... You know, just to put us back together and allow us just to remember that God loves us. And, you know, we're going to be all right. We just have to trust Him and believe in Him. That's beautiful, Cynthia. Yeah. So you listen every Sunday. You say you look forward to our program. Um, yes, I, oh, that, I do listen. Um, I try to, yeah. like, every Sunday. Yeah, every amen. Time. Well, that's great. Thank and you so much. On right, yeah, the replay as well on Wednesday, so you know of that. That's awesome. With that, Well, that's encouraging to us, Cynthia, that you are out there listening and even looking forward to our program. You pray for us, and try to tell a friend or two if you can as well, And you, you and thank you again, and keep in touch, okay? God bless you, sister, and he will remember you, and he will work on your behalf, we trust. Okay, thank you, Cynthia. Well, let's let's move into these verses, Emmanuel, as we've mentioned how in these early verses, the first 14 verses, the earth is covered with water, and there's actually an incredible timeline of the days and, and how this is moving, which shows us, by the way, that this is real and actual history. Mm-hmm. This isn't just a fable, because it's, it's happening in time. And so he's saying after 150 days, and then after 74 days, and he's given the months, and he's giving the days. But the question really is, with the earth covered with water, how could the dry land appear? Where did all the water go for the dry land to appear once again? Yeah, for God, um, water is not a big deal. We we should yeah. remember in uh, Genesis chapter one, mm-hmm. God made this whole universe out of nothing. Mm-hmm. He's the maker and the master yeah. of all the elements. Uh, so it's much easier task for a God who made the world to reshape it, mm-hmm. to to uh, manipulate the elements. So it it says in the text that God made a wind blow over the earth, mm. which is basically common speak for a mass evaporation campaign yeah. of the yeah. whole. Uh, yeah. waters mm-hmm. and um, the God which made the earth can also reshape the land and the mountains and the ocean floor so yeah. that the water levels could come back to normal so uh, it is it is not a big deal for God to do this and mm-hmm. it lays out in the text exactly how God 
did it. Mm-hmm. So as you said, Pastor, which is another confirmation of the fact that this is history and not a fable. Yeah, yeah, it is quite amazing. Yeah, I just think that um, when God was holding back the waters that came out of the windows in heaven, and he was holding back the waters that came up from the deep, you know, it, it's no problem, as Emmanuel said, for him to control what's there now. So I just think of the deep ocean valleys that didn't exist prior to the flood, you know, when, when God recreated the high mountains and the deep valleys. So there's plenty of places for water, and we do remember that the earth is 70% covered today in water. So, you know, God has no problem, and he is miraculous, but it's also logical. And I think that when you go back to the book of Job at the very end, he's like, where were you when I did all this? You know, we don't know every single detail of how he did it, but we know that he is powerful and he could do it. Absolutely. And there's a psalm that he actually speaks to this as well. Like you mentioned, there was a mass evaporation program, and that's that's well said. That's good. There was also a mass mountain-moving program. <laughs> I believe that God created mighty mountains, so the mountains grew taller yep. during the flood, and the water basins grew deeper. And so the water, it says, continually moved, and, it, and there was the, the great moving of water through this whole time. And it's in Psalm 104, verse 7. It says, at thy rebuke they fled. That's where the waters went. God mm-hmm. rebuked them and they yep. fled. Mm-hmm. At the voice of thy thunder they hasted away. They go up by the mountains. They go down by the valleys into the place which thou hast founded for them. Thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over, that they turn not again to cover the earth. I believe that that refers to the time after the flood. And let me also just remind our listeners of... My favorite verse in Genesis chapter 7, which is in verse 11, where it talks about how the fountains of the great deep were broken up. And that happened for 150 days because then it says in verse 2 of chapter 8 that at the end of the 150 days, the fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped. So can you imagine the earth literally gyrating, Mm. gigantic faults, mm-hmm. folds, and thrusts. And in John Wickham's and Henry Morris's groundbreaking book, The Genesis Record, I want to just quote from, from The Genesis Record. They say, regarding what was happening, it says, it reveals a very involved assortment of gigantic folds, faults, and thrusts. The crust of the earth seems to have been distorted, fractured, elevated, depressed, and contorted Mm. in almost every conceivable way at some time or in times past. And there are mountain ranges that show what happened during the flood, such as the Appalachian Mountains, which is 40,000 feet of sedimentary rock, which Mm -hmm. is rock laid down by by water and wind. And that's how mighty mountain ranges were even formed during this time. It's quite amazing. So God renews the world, and it's a new heaven and the new earth. So then, Suresh, as the waters were receding, dry land began to appear. And in verse 4, it says, the ark rested. (laughs) The ark got some rest. It was working hard, I guess. That's right. So what is the the significance of the ark resting in verse 4? Well, Pastor, I will say the ark had a mission, which bring Noah and his family to safety through the flood. Yeah. The ark rested because its mission or work was finished. Mm. After what? 
five months of labor. Hard labor, hard, hard labor. labor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A sweatshop. <Hard> <laughs> the um, you know, the Oxave uh, Noana's family from judgment and death. Yeah. Of that flood, and um, the Bible says Noah's name. Um, it means um, comfort or rest. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, he he rested in the ark, mm. and he did not just rested there. He waited on God. You know, on God's command to tell her when to when when to come out of the ark. The ark transported Noah from. Um, this is what you were saying in the very first time, you know, uh, when you was um, opening the program, mm -hmm. from the first heaven and earth yeah. to the second heaven yeah. and earth. Yeah, I, th I think that's that, that's great. That's mm -hmm. great. Imagine Noah; <laughs> he witnessed that, yeah. and he experienced the first. Um, heaven and earth to the second heaven and earth you know in like in like fashion God rested after his work of creation mm -hmm. and then this reminds us also of Jesus our Savior and our Lord our risen Lord who fashioned us his work of bearing our sins mm -hmm. he rested where he rested in a tomb waiting for his resurrection. Amen. Day. Amen to that. Yeah. And w when we come to Christ, we rest in him. Mm. He yes, is sir. our ark of safety mm -hmm. Amen. to bring us through the storm of this life. And he is going to bring us out of this present heaven and earth. And whereas the ark transported Noah from the first heaven and earth, Jesus is going to, when we enter him, he's the door. Amen. We come into Christ. And he's going to bring us from this present heaven and earth into a new heaven and new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Mm -hmm. So, dear friend, have you come to Jesus? And are you in Jesus Christ? He is the only way. He is the only one who can give you safety from the judgment of God, from the wrath of God. This time, the next time the, the wrath comes, it's not going to be by water. It's going to be by fire. And if you don't come to Christ, there's going to be eternal hell. But Jesus Christ is the ark of safety to bring you out of hell into heaven, out of this heaven and earth, into a new heaven and new earth, whereas there's going to be perfect righteousness. If you're not sure you're saved, call us right now. We have call screeners who would love to pray with you and that you could call on the Lord and be saved. 929-333-3739. I don't want to beg too much. We're not begging for money. No, nope. we're begging for people's souls yeah, we are. that you will wake up and you will turn from your sin and you will repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're begging for you tonight mm -hmm. to do, dear friend. And we're going to go to a song right now so it's because we want to even encourage you to call at 929-333-3739. Please call us. We want to pray with you. Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Save. 929-333-3739. Give us a call. Oh, great God of highest heaven, occupy my lowly heart. Own it all and reign supreme, conquer every rebel power. Let no
God will remember you, dear friend, in your storm, and you will bring him glory. That's what we have been created to do. So we're talking about how the water, the the language in our beautiful Bible, our beautiful King James, is assuaged, Mm. it abated, it returned continually from off the earth. And so there was this evaporation process. There was this mighty mountain-making processes that, that came. And then the water began to recede and the earth began to appear. And so what we see in this passage as well, can you imagine the result of a worldwide flood? Moving water has tremendous power to change and rearrange things. And we've seen devastation that, with the devastation that water can do in just a short amount of time, haven't we? Mm-hmm. So why don't we just kind of give personal illustrations of how you've seen the power of water to, to rearrange and move things around. Mm. Well, we've talked several times about the storm that we had last fall, but I remember in August 2005, I was on an airplane and I had been in Las Vegas on a job and I was kind of out of the loop as far as the news just because I was so busy. So I got on this JetBlue flight from Las Vegas to New York and I noticed on the flight that everybody was watching the same movie. It was some movie with like a giant flood in it. But then I realized it was not a movie. It was actually live television. They were watching the live news footage of Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. And I just couldn't believe my eyes to see Americans stranded on rooftops, some being rescued by boats Mm. or helicopters, people who had not evacuated the city prior to the landfall. They were stranded with no or little access to food, shelter, basic necessities. And it had turned out that the hurricane had caused flooding, which broke the levees, which caused even more flooding. And... Over 1,800 people died as a result of Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, yeah, devastation. Suresh? Well, Pastor, I, I grew up in a third world country, so I could, um, you know, just speak about uh, a heavy rainfall mm-hmm. and about a river. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> people live close to the riverbank sometimes or in the backyard where they're going to have livestock, animals like yeah. cows yeah. and goats and mm-hmm. stuff like that. 
and I literally saw where the, the, the with, with a heavy rainfall, the um the the river the river the waters just came up, yeah, just ready to flow the banks, and then a heavy animal like a cow, a cow a cow could be like yeah. seven eight hundred pounds, yeah, or something just more. Just take it away like a take plate. it away with the, a cow a goat, it's take yeah. it away, and you and you know what. They never recover that animal. That uh, that animal die, end mm-hmm. up losing its life. Yeah. They lose yeah. the livestock, and that's devastation right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Emmanuel, yes, Pastor. So in India during the monsoon season, uh, over the past few years uh, when I was there, I noticed that or this happened. Uh, there there were flash floods for a couple of uh, which is basically a rapid flooding of low lying areas. Whenever they would be a heavy rainfall for two hours. Mm. All the low-lying areas would be flooded. There would be trees which fall. Mm-hmm. There, there would be accidents. There would be some construction that would fall apart. Some people would die. And that was just in, uh, because of rainfall for two hours. Mm. Yeah. So, so like right. I said, just imagine what in uh, a, it, 40 days, 40 nights would do. And <laughs> 150 days. 150 and 150 days. days. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I witnessed personally the power of Hurricane Hugo back in, I believe, 1999. My parents had bought a house right there on the Isle of Palms outside of Charleston, South Carolina. Now, we were there for a vacation, mm-hmm. and so we left that morning that the hurricane was coming, and because we were close, we went back, and so I saw the before and afters, like yeah. right there, and yeah. it was unbelievable to see these beautiful houses there, that beautiful on Sunday, and where were they after the hurricane? Some of them you could not even see, and again, that's just a short period of time in comparison to what was going on for this period of time in the days of Noah. So the earth begins to re- begins to recede and Noah has to make sure that it's safe for him to leave the ark. So he sends forth a raven and then he sends forth the doves a, f- a few times here. Mm. Very interesting that this story is even in the Bible. Some things yeah. are in the Bible. I'm like, <laughs> why is this in the Bible? But that actually gets my attention. It's in there for a reason. But, Michael, what's the significance of the raven and the dove, do you think, being set forth? Mm, yeah, well, the ark had come to rest on the high peak in the mountains of Ararat, but there were still masses of water covering most of the earth, and it was unsafe for Noah and his family and thousands of animals to de- depart the boat. And Noah couldn't just open the door and survey the land himself, so he used a pretty ingenious method to figure out when the land was dry. So first he sent out a raven, an unclean bird, which went to and fro until the waters were dried up in the earth. And this was the first time we see God use a raven, but later we see him use the raven to feed Elijah yeah. in the book of First Kings. But then Noah sends out a clean bird, the dove, which, quote, found not rest for her, the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him the ark. And then after seven days, Noah sends out the dove again, and this time she comes back with an olive leaf, in her mouth and it's a wonderful sign of hope for Noah and those in the ark and then seven days later Noah sends the dove out one last time and this time she doesn't return so symbolically we know from the New Testament that the dove represents the Holy Spirit of God the fact that Mm. it was sent out three times also reminds us of God's triune nature Father, Son, and Spirit Mm. And the dove was sent out in seven-day intervals, and as we've spoken of many times in this program, seven is the number of completion and perfection. So during these final weeks on the ark, the birds helped give Noah comfort and hope in understanding the timing of his departure, but ultimately it's God's word which gives Noah the final go-ahead to get off the ark. Yeah, and we received an email from one of our listeners, April, a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago, and she mentioned to us that there's actually three seven-day intervals mm-hmm. in the Noah story. Yeah. The first one was 
God said, in seven days, I'm going to send the storm. So mm-hmm. that was the first seven days. Yeah. Noah waited for seven days for the storm to begin. And then the other two are in relationship to the dove being sent out. He's mm-hmm. sent out the dove, as you just well said, on these different two other seven-day intervals. So I found it interesting. There were three seven-day intervals. Mm -hmm. And three is like a number of completion, and seven, the number of perfection. Mm -hmm. And so you just look at these things, and you say, wow, there's there's something there. Mm -hmm. And it's as if Noah is waiting, though, to to leave the ark and enter into this perfect, Mm -hmm. if you will, complete Mm -hmm. new heaven and the new earth. Mm -hmm. Not without sin. Mm -hmm. The curse of sin is still there. But it's what God has formed for Noah, his family, and for us. And, you know, the earth is very beautiful. The earth has incredibly beautiful sights to see that show his glory and his power. And so this is the world that Noah entered into. And let me also just quickly say how many have seen these two birds as illustrating the two natures as well. Mm. The raven representing the flesh and the dove representing the spirit. And... Isn't to this day an olive branch a symbol of yeah, like peace? Yeah, and, 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 and so even it's a like dove with the olive branch in its mouth. Double peace. You know, people who aren't even Christians recognize that symbol as a symbol of peace. Yeah, so in a way, God has brought judgment to the world, but now the ones leaving the ark and entering into this new heaven and a new earth, he's at peace with them. Mm-hmm. They're all saved. So, as the dove did not return again the third time Noah sent the dove out. Noah now knows that it is safe to leave the ark. And he knows even more when God now speaks to Noah. And he says, go forth out of the ark. Wow, what a command. So, Emmanuel, talk to us about what Noah is commanded by God here once the earth had dried sufficiently for him to leave the ark. Yeah. Uh, God gives Noah a command which is very similar to what he gave Adam. Go forth, be fruitful, yeah. mm-hmm. and multiply. And I think that's incredible that God, right after destroying mankind because of the evil that it did, gives them another chance. Mm-hmm. So that, that shows me God's graciousness to once yeah. again bless mankind and bless the whole earth. And for us Christians, there can be two ways and or two layers that we can look to this or to this command. Mm-hmm. The first is the obvious one: God wants us to multiply in number. Mm. Um, I have to say, we as human beings have done a pretty good job of it, <laughs> at least uh, till the last fifty to hundred years, because I just read some stories where, uh, in, over the past seventy years, birth rates have declined, which is uh, not good. Mm. But another way that we Christians can look at this is. Why does God want us to multiply? God wants us uh, to multiply and glorify Him. Mm. Uh, God wants us to go forth in the world and subdue nature as God asked us to in whatever calling and career that God has given us. And we must glorify God by delighting in Him. We should be the light and salt in this fallen world and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ Mm. and win souls for Him. And we should live our lives as a living sacrifice whose aroma is sweet and pleasing to the Lord, as it was in Genesis chapter mm-hmm. 8. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and God had commanded Noah, come into the ark mm-hmm. in chapter 7, come thou, 
That's one of God's favorite words. Come, Jesus, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And now the storm is over and he says, go, as you well said, go. So that, that's one of God's favorite words too, right? <laughs> go into all the world. So I, I just see a, the, the gospel here. Mm. Come to Jesus Christ. And once you come to Jesus, now go and bring forth fruit. Now, not all of us are going to have children or grandchildren, but all of us can tell others of Jesus and be fruitful and as a witness for him. And I think of John chapter 15, verse 16, where Jesus said, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. So Jesus is saying to you tonight, Come with his mighty, powerful voice. Believe on me. And he says, And I have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So, dear friends, pray and ask God that he will help you to be a fruitful witness and servant, that your fruit would remain. And if you want to give us a call right now, we'd love to pray with you as you go with the gospel, that you would go in the fullness of the Spirit. Give us a call right now at 929 so, as we come toward the end of the chapter, Suresh, and they leave the ark, and God commands them, as we've just been talking about, to be fruitful. What is the first thing that Noah does, really, as he leaves the ark? What does he do? Oh, he did a sacrifice. Mm. Mm. I mean, you know, in the days of old, mm-hmm. they did sacrifices once a year for a blood sacrifice to cover their sins mm-hmm. in the Holy of Holies. Mm. But now we see in here, I mean, this is first, really, but we see here Noah, he was accounted for righteousness, so he did the, the right thing. Noah burned a burnt offering, which represents total surrender and dedication to the Lord. It also shows his dependency upon God. So we see, mm. we see surrender, dedication, and dependence yeah. for, his, for God, for his forgiveness and grace. Sacrifice underscores a human sinfulness of man mm-hmm. that death is sin's penalty yeah yeah the That's Bible right. says for the wages of sin is what is death is death. death but the gift of God is eternal life so Noah offering that sacrifice he's recognizing before God that he is a sinner that he deserves he deserved to die That's if right. you will that is even. correct but God only saved him by his grace right and then Noah knew he, he knew something else also he knew that that God was worthy mm-hmm. of his worship. Yeah. So you see, from saving him and bringing him from that old world into the new world. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, true people of God are, are sacrificing people. Yes. Up till today. Okay, let me just bring the speed up till today. We give what? We give our sacrifices about praise. Mm-hmm. We give our offerings. Mm-hmm. And, and, and God don't want our yeah. money. But we want to show our gratitude to us, what God blessed us with for the week, the month, mm-hmm. and we give back a little, a, a, a little something, to, a little something to God. So, are sacrificing people, are worshiping people, depending on God each day yep. for yes. a new day. I pray to God this morning as I woke up. God, I thank you for this day. Amen. You know, Amen. we give God praise and thanks. And another thing is, I'm pastor, and this verse really mentioned that the Lord. 
smell that offering shows what? The Lord's acceptance. So Noah was really righteous in the eyes of the Lord. He pleases the Lord and the Lord show him his grace, his mercy, and his acceptance. Yeah, that is well said, Suresh. Uh, The true people of God are a sacrificing people, a worshiping people. This is the first time in Scripture, Micah, where an altar is built to the Lord. Oh, I was just going to say that. Okay. Yeah, so the first... <laughs> Sorry. So we, no, no, no. We've seen uh, sacrifices before this. Cain yeah. and Abel notably made sacrifices. But this is the first time we see the occurrence of the word altar mm-hmm. in 8 verse 20, and it appears two times, and it appears 400 more times mm-hmm. um, So it's in a the huge Bible. theme. Yeah. yeah. So I also just love that description of God smelling the sweet savor, and I try to think of what that is. Was it a physical smelling? Did he actually have... You know the senses that we understand to be smelling um, in his nose, the you know the aroma of the sacrifice going up. I think even more than that, it was just this um, experience of pleasure that he was Noah was doing something that was pleasing to the Lord, and the Lord experienced that. Yeah, Amen. consider yeah. how Noah must have felt as he got walked out of that boat. Just mm-hmm. think of that. Mm-hmm. Like when I saw the devastation of Hurricane Hugo, it looked like a war zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see the remnants of what was there. Right. But when Noah got off the boat, everything was literally gone. Nothing was there. I don't know whether he saw remnants of brokenness or whether he saw even bodies of, of animals or men. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But just imagine how he must have felt, how he must have powerfully sensed the wrath of God, the judgment of God. That he was alone now on the earth with this family. Yet what does he do? He builds an altar Mm -hmm. and he worships. Mm -hmm. And he knows that God is just. That God is right. That God is powerful. Mm -hmm. And he's worthy of our praise. And he still is, dear friends. He still is. And that's why you need to be faithful in church. (laughs) And so we invite you to Heritage Baptist Church on Sunday at 490 Hudson Street. Come on out, visit with us at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. So we come to where we began, Emmanuel, as God reaffirms the natural order. And we talked about verse 22, how God sets this heat and cold and summer and winter and day and night and he promises that as long as this, we're in this new heaven and new earth, in this present heaven and earth, there's going to be a uniform natural processes at work that we can depend upon. What, do you want to add anything to this? I know we talked about it a little bit more. Does anybody have anything to say as we get ready to wrap it up tonight? Uh, no, I would just say that, um, yes, our God is a God of his word. And he is the same yesterday, today and forever. Mm-hmm. And his word also remains the same. Yeah. And really, again, the climate change, don't buy into it, dear friends. Mm -hmm. Believe the Bible. The climate change theory is a fear-mongering conspiracy that only they seek to control your behavior and Mm -hmm. guilt you from using the bountiful resources that God has filled the earth with. Yeah, and instead... Pick, uh, do what Noah did, you know, gather your family together, go to church, worship God. And if you have to drive your car, you can drive your car <laughs> to church as well. <laughs> yeah. If you want to ride your bicycle, do it, but just get there any way you can. Thanks, Suresh, for being here. Emmanuel, God bless you. Let's be strong in the Lord. Stand up for Jesus. Go forth. Be fruitful. Multiply. Be courageous. You're a child of the King. He's coming soon. Good night. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.